It's time for Upper Michigan's Happy Hour here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you Friday afternoon. And because it's Friday, it's Hockey Friday. That's Ryan Stig across the way. What's up, Ryan? I'm doing good. It's a nice day outside. Nice day, and it? It turned out to be a really nice day. Here's how my morning started, Ryan. I woke up. I think it snowed overnight. It looked like it did. I, I don't know. I don't follow that stuff well enough. But it looked like we had fresh snow in the ground. So I'm driving to work. And I look outside and I see this dog. Now, someone's not walking their dog, but they're like running with their dog. The dog looks so happy. He's this big, fluffy black dog. Started my morning the perfect way. Like, I was so happy to see that. Then I get to work and I completely lose my footing, slip on a patch of ice outside the studio. I just kind of lay there on my back and I'm like, this is the way we're going to do it today? This is how the morning's going to go? Yeah, um, I've had that happen before, where you think things are going well, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, so my mood just immediately changed. Yeah. It's still been a pretty good day, though, and the best part about that, I bounced back pretty quickly because my trusty thermos that I got here did not spill a drop of my coffee. Good. It went rolling down the street okay. a little bit, but I was able to get it. I dusted it off, dusted myself off, no major injury, anything like that, and I've had myself a pretty darn good Friday. Well, good. I uh, I I got a busy weekend ahead of me, yeah. but uh, I'm uh, I like it when I'm busy. Well, we got a busy day here, busy next hour or so, because we got stuff to talk about, including what's going to make it a busy weekend. You're going to be at the dome later this evening. I will as well, and we've got hockey tomorrow. We got a big day on Northern Michigan's campus tomorrow. There's going to be football there all weekend. The Big Tech series, not only in football, but volleyball has got a big. Uh, beat tech matchup coming up during tech week and we've got the nfl to break down we've got a little bit of nhl a little bit of everything and of course we end it with the friday funnies per usual so let's jump right into it let's update our pick'em standings right i give you credit because you were the only one who went with india out of us last night and they just about did it and to be honest with you maybe they should have done it i don't know if i want to say they should have because there was that fumble they chose not to review lately. Did that surprise you that they, they had to play that crucial late in the game? They didn't even stop to take a second look? Uh, that surprised me quite a bit. Uh, I don't understand why you'd have a close play and not at least look yeah. at it. So That late in the game? Yeah, I mean, you could change the course of the game, mm-hmm. potentially take the lead. I just, I don't get it, but... Oh well, I mean the Colts are my second team, so yeah. that was uh, that was a little painful to hear. But oh well. I tell you what, you look at the rest of the weekend. Let's go through our picks. We have New Orleans hosting Carolina on Sunday. We all pick New Orleans in this yeah. one. I don't think we really need to go too far into no, that. No, I mean, no, New no. Orleans is just going to win that game. We've got another AFC South matchup when Jacksonville visits Tennessee on Sunday. It can be heard here in ESPN UP. You picked Jacksonville in this one. Why'd you do? Why'd you go with the Jags? I, I just uh, I think after getting blown out last week, I I, I feel like they're going to have a bounce back game, and I just don't trust the Titans. Yeah. I'm the same way. I picked Jacksonville as well. I'd like Nick Foles. I like Garner Minshew, too, but I do like Nick Foles. He's a better quarterback, yeah. Well, they paid him more. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's a pretty darn good quarterback himself. We have the Sunday night games. Could be a fun one. The flex game, Green Bay at San Francisco. You and I are the only ones who picked San Fran. I've told the listeners why I picked them. Why'd you pick them to beat Green Bay? Uh, Just because I have a feeling about that. That's what I said. Pin it on anything. Uh, I just have this feeling. No, I think, uh, you know, people are so high on the Packers now, but uh, they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, they have two losses, and I see them stumbling. It's a long trip for them, and, uh, you know, 
the Niners are for some reason playing really well this year. So I I feel like in a primetime game they're going to want to showcase themselves. We've got Monday night football Baltimore at LA taking on the Rams. Everybody but John Michael Hoefling went with the Ravens. You just trust the MVP favorite right now too much? I I I think uh the Ravens are clicking. I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I think he's become the you know, MVP favorite, and uh, the Rams are supposed to be better than I thought they'd be this year. I, I think it's kind of clear that Jared Goff is not what people were no. thinking he was going to be. I mean, you look at his fantasy numbers this year. I mean, he was my backup quarterback, and I started him one week because uh, the guy was on a bye, and then uh, he didn't do jack the entire week. So it was just like... I. The Rams, I feel like the Rams had their window last year mm. and uh, a game that they probably should have won had Sean McVay had, like, his head on straight. Um, but uh, I I just don't feel them. I, I think Baltimore's got it. Isn't it funny how Sean McVay got outcoached by someone on his own staff in the Super Bowl last year? Wade Phillips outcoached Sean McVay in the Super Bowl last year. What's that about? <laughs> how do you get outcoached by someone on your... I just... It doesn't make any sense. Wade Phillips came to coach during that Super Bowl. Sean McVay didn't. No, he uh, he's even said, he goes, he thought about it too much. He overanalyzed things. And it's like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Just, you go in with a plan and stick with your plan. And then if something happens, you know, be willing to adapt. Don't sit there and analyze every single situation. I know he's got an eidetic memory where he can remember obscure plays <laughs> from like eight years ago. But it's like, people who do that think way, way too much. And and uh, it came back to bite him. Do you think the Browns, I'm sorry, the, the Rams front office is starting to question a lot of the decisions they've made here over the last two, three years, something like that? The Browns, too, I'm sure, but the Rams, in some sense, you know, if they had the chance for a do-over, do you think they'd still take Jared Goff, number one overall, back in the, whatever, 2016 draft? Probably not. Do you think they would still pay Todd Gurley that massive contract, or would they like a do-over? I would say Goff more than anything. No. Uh, I would say Gurley, I don't know if they'd pay him that much, but mm-hmm. uh, he's still very serviceable. He's very good. Do you, so. do you think they'd take a do-over on going all-in on their defense last year? Um, uh, Maybe. Maybe. Because they did get to a Super Bowl, but... What's there to look forward to now? No, no. They uh, unless they had the team that was going to win it this year, mm-hmm. and right now they don't. They're. Pro- I think they're going to get in. You know, simply because the NFC is so. You know, you got two at the top, and everything else is up for grabs. So, but uh, no, I think their their time was last year. You think the Rams are going to make the playoffs? This I year? do. I you do. do. Really? I, I think they're going to be like the sixth team in. They'll make a a wild card. Team? Yeah, they'll make a wild card team. Who who doesn't make it then? Because assuming that, if you're right, the Rams do make the playoffs, that means the West probably sends three teams because mm-hmm. we think Seattle and San Fran are going to make it. Yeah, Dallas is going to have to by default, either yeah. them or Philly, but I think it'll probably be Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, I do think Green Bay and Minnesota are both going to make it. I think they take up one of the wild card spots. I think they both will. Yep. So I just, I don't know. I just feel like that's going to be the case. I think the Rams are better than the Cowboys, but because of the way the playoffs are set up, the Rams are going to get left out. Yeah. The Cowboys will get the automatic yeah, bid for winning the East. Yeah, I just I just have a feeling. I'm not sure how they're going to knock out, but I have a feeling. All right, all right. And that's what we're going on this week. We're going on feelings with our Yeah, players. yeah. I mean, because that's what it is. I mean, there's no, like, I mean, other than the Saints game, there's no, like, lockdown, no. like, 
this is going to be what's going to happen. Okay, so we're going with our feelings here. I want to transition just briefly to college football because the biggest game this weekend has a 19-point spread with number 2 Ohio State taking on number 8 Penn State. Does Penn State cover the 19-point spread this weekend? I I think Penn State's going to lose. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I want to give Penn State that kind of respect because of the way they've played, you know, not only in years past against Ohio State, but this year they've played pretty well. Ohio State just has been that dominant, though. <sighs> And the weird thing is, is I didn't expect them to be. I no. thought this would be like uh, kind of a rebuilding year. In Ohio State, rebuilding is like two, three losses. Yeah. So it's like, but uh, they're the team to beat in the Big Ten. Penn State has looked really good at times and also not great. Mm-hmm. They almost lost to Indiana. <laughs> they lost to the Gophers, who then lost to Iowa. So that pipe dream was over. <laughs> um, but uh, the fighting flex don't have fighting a shot. Flex. They don't have a shot anymore. You don't think even if they would beat Ohio State in the Big Ten title game? They're not going to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. <laughs> if they do, yeah. if the stars align and they do, would they get in? Uh, they would. I would imagine they would so? get in, yes. The fighting flex. The fighting flex. That's, <laughs> I, I came up with that name a while back, and I'm just going to stick with it. Row in the boat. Yeah. How, now this is the first time that we've had you on since their loss to Iowa. How do you feel about the Gophers nowadays? Like, you know, are you still kind of pessimistic about them? Are they going in the right direction? How do you feel? I'm always pessimistic when I it comes to are. the Gophers. <laughs> I, I pick against them in every NCAA tournament they make. I I just don't think they're going to do much because it's like until that Penn State game, it went to the um the whole they haven't played anybody. Mm. They played three games where they. Sh- could have lost non-conference games. They didn't play anybody really good until the Penn State game. And then uh, they beat Penn State. And then it was so funny because there were so many Minnesota Twin Cities commentators who were like, see, they can beat good teams. You know, we're going to the Rose Bowl. And I'm like, beat Iowa first, and then you lost to <laughs> Iowa. So it's like, you know, it's like you guys get so high as soon as a big thing happens that you don't pay attention to anything else. It's like, and now you're playing Wisconsin, you know, in two weeks. Good luck with that. To be fair, it is like a Big Ten tradition that when you have one of your best seasons in decades, it gets ruined when you go to Kinnick. Ohio State had that a couple of years ago. Got blown out 55-24. Penn State said that. Michigan had that like three years ago when they were ranked fourth. Yeah, it's uh, Kinnick is just inexplicably a tough place to play, it, it, especially if you're at night. Yeah, if you're playing at night, it's like Kinnick gets rocking. Mm-hmm. They uh, and Iowa's all about defense. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Kirk Ferentz football. <laughs> we're going to score nine points, but uh, we're going to hold you to seven. That's basically what it's Captain Kirk. Yeah, it's like I don't. Uh, it's a weird philosophy, and he's managed to stay there far longer than I think he should have yeah, yeah. just because he'll have two bad years and then he'll have a surprisingly good year that will guarantee him an extension and then he'll be bad for two years. Oh, it's just coming from Iowa, I'm not a Hawkeye fan, but so many of my friends are and it's just a love-hate relationship with Kirk that is so much what have you done for me lately because you've been here like 20 years and you have one good year for about well, you have one Incredible year for about every five, something like that. Mm-hmm. It just enough to keep his contract extended, to keep getting his job to be prolonged there. Yeah, it's like i uh trying to make the rent or something like that. <laughs> I'm going to do just enough for you to think I'm good. And then uh, it's just, they do it 
to just about every team, mm-hmm. and uh, they did it to the Gophers, and uh, one Floyd of Rosedale, which is one of my favorite trophies. I love the pig. It's so great. I love it. Uh, I know. It's it's one of the best trophies that's uh, out there. Very much so. I mean, I know Michigan, Michigan State fans love Paul Bunyan, oh, but yeah. compare, compare that thing to a giant bronze pig <laughs> that you had to carry around. I mean, it's not even close. I uh, But yeah, they, uh, they didn't come through against Iowa, and now... You know, they got Wisconsin two weeks, and Wisconsin's Wisconsin for the first time in 14 years, I think. They yep. beat Wisconsin last year. That got <sighs> Fleck another <laughs> extension. But it's just, the Gophers are so all in on P.J. Fleck. Like like I said, that tweet a while back where I said, P.J. Fleck breathes, and the Gophers are like, here's five years. Because that's what it is. It's like his first year he got an extension after missing a bowl game. And then he goes, what, was it like seven? Six and six last six year. and six last year and got another extension. Just basically because he beat Wisconsin. And then they beat Georgia Tech in the bowl game. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Tech and Paul Johnson's last year. And uh, who Georgia Tech's horrendous this year. So it's just like... They're all in on a guy. They have an oar on one of their helmets. It's an oar from a rowboat. Is the stripe that's supposed to be on there. It's kind of sad. It's like, but they're so betting the farm on this guy. And it's, I just don't see it quite yet. I mean, I want him to do something. I mean, yeah, the Penn State game was big. But I, I, it's like I knew they were going to stumble. It was either going to be against Iowa or Wisconsin, and they stumbled against Iowa. So it's like now every Gopher fan has come back to earth now and got in touch with reality. If they beat Wisconsin, though, they do win the division, right? So they would go to Indy. Yes, they would go to Indy if they so, beat Wisconsin. So they hire a coach, and they get to the Big Ten Championship in their third year. Would you say, then, that they did make the right hire in that sense? I would say they made it the right hire. but Just uh, overhyped him? Just overhyped him way too much. And uh, I feel like the hype also comes from him mm-hmm. and his, I don't know, boisterous personality, just always, you know, in your face and uh, just insanely energetic at times. And it's like... <sighs> Tone it down, man. <laughs> you know what he reminds me of is Stanley Tucci. Like if, so he if looks like a movie he, about PJ Fleck, Stanley Tucci would play him. He looks like Stan he Tucci. Looks just like him. Yeah. So it, it's the perfect fit for. <laughs> I mean SNL did a skit call about Stanley Tucci <laughs> and his ability to play everything. So he yeah. does. He plays everybody. Yeah, he can play anybody in a different roles. I mean he can be creepy, he mm-hmm. can be, you know funny i mean it's just he's he can do it all and uh i I, is pen is fleck really a funny guy or is he just an oddly energetic guy probably the latter (laughs) i mean i mean he's no frank seratori no (laughs) nobody is nobody mike leach maybe mike mike leach could be frank seratori yeah i want to go back to what you were talking about with the floyd or rosedale because you know how he always keeps saying wow we should do this as a real segment for next week like we always say that and then we never do it uh, what was it last week that we said we were going to make a segment for this week i can't even remember i, I forget it was. It was oh like, i think it was uh the who's the space jam team that's that what pick. we should have yeah, done yeah. okay we'll put a pin we'll, in that. That. we'll come back to that one <laughs> i keep saying that we should do these segments then we never do it this is one we definitely should do what are your top five college football rivalry trophies I would say Floyd Rosedale is my ultimate favorite. Okay. I, I like the Paul Bunyan trophy just because yep. it's same. I like original stuff, like yeah. where you kind of create something unique to your rivalry. I mean, there's way too many bells. Right. <laughs> um, 
Let's see. How about uh, how about the jeweled shillelagh? I love the jeweled shillelagh. I, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. I like. Um, what was the one I was thinking about? It was uh, the one that Akron and Kent State have. I'm drawing a blank on what it was. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. It's one of my favorite ones, and I can't remember. That was what a it was. good one. Oh, the wagon wheel. The wagon <laughs> wheel. It's huge. It's a huge wagon wheel that they carry around. You know, we're getting to that point in the season where we're going to get the best rivalry games. Like the last week of college football before the bowl games is usually when they have all these good rivalry games. Yeah, the Egg Bowl trophy is one of my personal favorites. Ole Miss and Mississippi state oh it's like this big gold trophy with an egg on top that's nice it's kind of nice i think cincinnati and miami of ohio have the keg of nails (laughs) (laughs) i like that one i like who is the uh there's another one that i like it's um uh, there's the megaphone between between notre dame and michigan state does penn state michigan state i I know it's called the land grant rivalry but they actually have a trophy i'm not sure if there's a trophy for that yeah one of my personal favorites is the apple cup washington washington state that's usually played on a friday night yeah but it's like a big gold trophy with an apple on top it's like something you'd give for teacher of the year Okay. That's one of my personal favorites. I like that one. I do like Paul Bunyan's axe in mm-hmm. Wisconsin, Minnesota, but it lessened to me because the rivalries become so one-sided. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, it's not as great as it was. Mm-hmm. But there's, um, there's, uh, well, Auburn Alabama just have a rivalry. I don't think there's an actual trophy well, that comes should. out of that, but there should be. Um, Iron should have a trophy. Very much so. And, uh, Texas, 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 and Oklahoma have the golden hat. Yeah, that's kind of river shootout. Yeah, I like it because there's always photos of guys who have taken the hat and put on their heads and they're posing with it. So that, one, that one's kind of fun. I like. Uh, I think UTEP and New Mexico State have like the oh, I-75 yeah. rivalry. It's a gigantic shovel. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Because I think they're both the miners. Uh, Aggies and miners. Aggies and miners. Uh, right. But, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But it, it it's kind of cool in its own way. I know. Uh, Oh, there's another one that I'm blanking on that's really fun. I, 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 I oh, love the oak bucket. Oh, the old oaken bucket. The old oaken bucket. I think that's Indiana. Indian Purdue. And it's 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 a bucket. It's an oak <laughs> bucket, which makes sense. But they attach like letters. If Indiana wins, they attach a gold I, mm-hmm. and if Purdue wins, it's a gold P. So it looks really. The bucket looks kind of bizarre because it looks like there's streamers coming out of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I love traveling trophies, and I love it when they make it original. Like when North Dakota used to play North Dakota State regularly in football, they'd have the nickel trophy, yeah. which was, you know, old old nickels used to have a Native American head and then a buffalo on the back. Mm-hmm. Well, it became the nickel trophy because back in the day, North Dakota was the fighting Sioux with the Indian head, and then, uh, you know, the bison wear the buffalo on the back, so it was a traveling trophy there. It was really cool, um, but now it's you can't really do it because it's a bird in a with the fighting <laughs> hawks now. So I don't know if if they were ever to join and have the the full fledged rivalry again, I'd see them coming up with something. But it's I, not the same. I remember a few years ago for the Cyhawk game when Iowa State would meet up for their annual football game. They redid the trophy in like 2011, 12, something like that, and everyone just hated it because it was like there was nothing football related. Like it was like a gold pig and a gold ear of corn on it, and people just hated it, and it never made an appearance in the game. Ah, so then they had to redo it. That's too bad. (laughs) I had. uh, Do you remember uh, when Connecticut and Central Florida had the civil (laughs) conflict? (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, because they once started the rivalry and didn't tell the other about it. Yeah, they wasn't the Connecticut decided we're going to have a rivalry with Central Florida, <laughs> and so they created a trophy for the civil conflict, which doesn't make any sense. And then Central Florida won it one year, and they left it on the bench, like they forgot that it even happened. So that's a sign that your rivalry is a joke if the other side doesn't even pay attention to it. Oh, this would be a great segment. We can get into this yeah, a lot more yeah, yeah. after some research. Let's take a time out, though. We'll come back and uh, we'll tell you why you should be geared up to beat tech. I know that that's probably not a problem for anybody no, here, no, but no. Uh, it is Tech Week. Beat Tech next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along this Friday afternoon. It's Tech Week. Beat Tech, not just for hockey, volleyball as well. A big win for the volleyball team. Shout out to them. They beat Ashland in five sets in the quarterfinals of the GLIAC tournament the other night. They get a host tech tomorrow. Cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Good for them. I uh that's completely unexpected. I I you could kind of feel like, you know, they'd done enough to get into the GLIAC tournament, but they were gonna run into a wall and then they won in five sets. That's a big upset for them. It's interesting how Women's basketball upset Ashland and now the volleyball team is upset Ashland. Mm-hmm. So it's like the women's teams have a, you know, I don't know, a hex kind of on Ashland right Take now. Take that, Ashland. Fun. Yeah. Football can't deal with them, but uh, the women's the women's team's sports. Can. Yeah, but, you know, I talked to Coach Lozier earlier in the year. I had him on, uh, I think, around early August, and we did a preview. And, you know, they had a great last couple of years. They've had a really good run, but then they lose the majority of those players. You know, they were a very young, inexperienced team this year, and for them to not only scratch their way into the tournament, but but then get a tournament win, that's big for that program. Yeah, it's, uh, you know... Two years ago, they almost made the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. That was that would have been big. And then last year, they kind of took a step back. But this year, you know, they were they were pretty good. And now they have a chance to take down Tech, and that would be good. Well, and hockey will have their chance to do so as well tonight. They go up to Houghton, and then tomorrow night back home. It's a fun week. I mean, the the buzz around the town. It's been like I don't know. It's I don't know if even it's a civil hate toward tech, but uh, it's a fun rivalry and it's fun to be a part of it. It's it's more like a it's a lot of trash talking going back and forth, and it's interesting because I feel like it's becoming more of a rivalry because tech was down yep. for so long that uh, you know I think that's where the tech still sucks chant kind of comes <laughs> from because they were so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, teams, you know, fans chant that just in a rivalry, but it's just like. Through the majority of my days in college, tech was terrible, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until after I graduated and from grad school that they finally got their act together. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's it, I feel like it's becoming it was a rivalry, but I think it's a little more heated now because tech's now good and Northern's good, so it's it's a little more. Uh, intense, I would say. It was about this time last year that Ate Toldman scored the goalie goal. It was, yeah, and uh, it was the tech series that was the uh, they swept tech uh, um, at the end of the year. That was pretty big, and then uh, then there was the goal in uh, early December when that happened. How about and, the F? Uh, 
I feel like since I've been up here, that's the most memorable moment, I think, of the rivalry. <laughs> Cause, simply because, well, the championship game for WCHA, you could say so. But like as far as like a signature moment, that's pretty much it. How could it not be? It's a uh, goalie doing something it, like that. It's, it's so rare that goalies score goals that and shooting it. Mm-hmm. Not not like you know, <laughs> it went into the other net and he was the last guy to touch it. That's happened a couple times, mm-hmm. but it's like actual like clear path to the goal. Yeah, that was uh that was pretty cool. One of my favorite things in hockey is when a goalie gets credited with like an assist or something like that. Yeah, it's uh cuz it's out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Like they'll announce them. They're like Hey, he did something, you know. Like so, it's uh, it's kind of fun, and it's usually the last assist, but it's still it's fun. So, what are we expecting out of this weekend's home and home series? Northern coming off a game Saturday night against Alaska, where they really didn't play well. They dropped a three to two decision. Power play just wasn't there. Penalty kill looked good, but special teams was kind of a fifty fifty night. That conversation after Saturday's game was probably one of the most entertaining press conferences right. I've had. Because he was so frustrated. And it, it's because of their starts. Uh, Northern, for reasons I can't quite put a finger on, I know it's my job, but, <laughs> but like, it's kind of flummoxes, it's flummoxed me this year because it's like they're so good offensively, mm-hmm. but they start bad. They're always having to play catch-up. There's only been, I think, a couple times where they've actually started great, mm-hmm. and they always have to rally. They're either down by two or down by three, and they just have to pump in goals like in the second and third period to stay, it, uh, you know, stay alive. And it's just... It, it's it's frustrating because against you know they fell down two zero in that game to to Alaska and they had to rally they got it tied and then they give up what turned out to be the game winner shortly after that there's taking they're taking penalties they shouldn't be taking and it's just it was a rough night and Phil Ballou is actually quite a positive guy even in that press conference he was visibly frustrated because it's like that was a game they should have won that was a team they should have beat because mm-hmm. Alaska I mean yeah Alaska's pulled some upsets but I mean they're they're not a great team and north northern looked bad saturday and now they got a rivalry week and uh a, a tech team that's hungry seems to have kind of figured it out by now they got off to a bad start but maybe now they're into his own you know and they're kind of the inverse of northern they have a really good defense they've been spotty offensively at times though. yeah very much so they're a very defensively sound team if you read my preview they're in the top 10 in defense uh they're great on the penalty kill it's going to be if northern's going to be probably their first true defensive test they're going to have to face i mean northern's so good offensively they got so many guys who can score which is probably the most potent offense i've seen since i've started covering them they've i mean yeah the the Loggins Rockwood days with Robbie Payne, that was a fun year. I mm-hmm. mean, they were good, but like more consistently, this is a this is a very good offensive team and they're they're going to be put to the test this weekend against a very defensively sound Huskies team. Has Grant given you any indication who's going to be starting in net tonight? <laughs> There's a good question. He, he's so close to the vest yep. when it comes to goaltending. And uh, it, it was like pulling teeth at the start of the year to get him to announce who was going to be playing. And they went through this, you know, one guy plays one night. It was Hawthorne Friday, Kent Saturday. And then last weekend, he threw Hawthorne in there both nights. And this weekend, the press conference, he said they're both going to play. So the, the, what has happened is Hawthorne plays Fridays and Kent Saturdays, but Kent also hasn't played, 
in a while, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised if he throws him in there Friday j- tonight just because they make him fresh because he hasn't played in more than a week. So who knows? I, I, As much as I know Grant, when it comes to goaltending this season, it's a real question mark because every time you ask him, he'll always say, I don't know, <laughs> which means he either goes to bed <laughs> and doesn't know until he wakes up in the morning or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's always interesting. If Hawthorne were to start in net tonight, that would mean he's starting three games in a row. It'd be about two weeks since Kent had seen any ice time. Do we take anything away from that, or is that an overreaction? I think it's an overreaction. I mean, I think Hawthorne played well Friday, and Grant said at some point they're going to have to play two games, and uh, he thought, we'll throw John out there on Saturday. John wasn't exactly sharp, so now they're like, okay, now he's going to rethink this, and we're going back to what it was before, and uh, that debate is probably not going to end. He was prepared through Thanksgiving to play both guys. Now, he was even saying up to Christmas he was prepared to play both guys, and uh, the way it's looking, it could very well be Christmas because just when you think one might be emerging, that guy takes a step back and the other guy has a good night. So it's like there's only, what, three weeks left before the holiday break? Yeah. So it's like you it's hard to really pinpoint one. <laughs> I think the Mankato series might be the, uh, the determining factor mm. because Mankato, let's just say, kind of steamrolled Northern last year. And if you... If one guy plays really well against Mankato Friday, he probably will emerge as the starter. But uh, if one of them doesn't play well, and the other guy, it's it's this is the first year I've had covering them where you don't know who the number one goalie is. Every year I've covered them, I've covered them. They know who the number one guy is. And now they don't, and uh, it's just a weird situation. Well, and Tech is kind of in a spot where they don't technically have a number one goalie. They've got a guy who plays more than the others, but no one who's really grabbed the job. You think it's uh, Jeruzic they'll see tonight? There's three guys who play goalie this year for Tech. (laughs) And at one time last year, they had four goalies on their team. So there's... Tex, for reasons, is hasn't had a consistent goalie since Jamie Phillips. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is interesting. I think Matt's going to play probably both games. Just because, yeah, just because he's the best of the three. But also, if he doesn't play well tonight, you could maybe three throw Robbie in there. Or, you know, who knows? Uh Joe is in a tough spot right now because he hasn't had any real consistent goaltending. And I don't know that he will between no. who they have on the <laughs> roster right now. You know, Jeruzic, by the way, I covered him during my last year in Sioux City. He was our goaltender. Great interview. Fun guy to interview. Robbie Baydoon. I think he was with Des Moines back when. No, maybe it was Sioux Falls. I don't remember. But I do remember covering him. And uh, those, those two are pretty darn good. But I And I don't know if it's not necessarily that neither's excelling or doing well it's just they're both pretty darn good goaltenders yeah it's uh neither of them has really taken the consistent step you know you got to be able to emerge and none of them have said i'm the number one guy Mm -hmm. this is a good performance consistently and uh Maybe that'll happen this weekend. Who knows? But maybe Joe's in the similar boat. He's prepared to go through Christmas and not know who his number one guy is. Last thing before the break, what does Tech look like on special teams? Good on the penalty kill, not so great on the power play. Uh, Northern's penalty kill looked really good over the weekend. So 
it uh, it's really a toss-up series simply because they're so opposite. If Tech controls Northern's offense, Tech could end up sweeping this weekend. If Northern can find a way to pump in goals like they have in, um, like on f- tonight, you know, Northern could sweep. It really is a... One is defense, one is offense. Which one's going to emerge? And uh, Northern's been so consistent offensively, I think they're going to at least win one of these. But uh, as far as which one, who knows? Danner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Still to come, we'll talk about why this is a busy weekend for Northern, for Ryan, for myself, and how one of our most famous and loud sports personalities was able to get off the hot seat pretty quickly, you know, in record time. Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Good to have you along. Here's your Sports Center update. The Lions announced what we already knew. Matt Stafford will not play Sunday against the Redskins, still dealing with fractures in his back. Time to just shut him down. Yeah. <laughs> just shut him down. The White Sox signed first baseman Jose Altuve to a three-year, $50 million contract extension. And finally, the serial mascot, Captain Crunch's full name is Horatio Magellan Crunch. I actually knew that. Did you really? Yes. How about that? Props to you. Yeah. Although I'm wondering, after all these years, how he's never been promoted. <laughs> Shouldn't he be like Admiral Crunch? Admiral Crunch by now? Yeah. Like, if they come out with like a super-sized cereal, that's what they should call it. Admiral, Admiral Crunch. Admiral Crunch. Yeah. Lieutenant Admiral He's been, I mean, he's been a captain for decades. Yeah. I mean, most guys get promoted after that he's point. not moving up the ranks. No, no, I mean, like, and he's been consistent. He gets the job done. He gets people <laughs> to buy his cereal. He's expanded into several flavors. <laughs> You'd think that they would acknowledge him and be like, look what you've done. You deserve an extra star. Secretary of the Navy Crunch. Yes. That should do it. That should do it. <laughs> well, Charles Barkley said something really stupid this week. And he got... What else is new? (laughs) (laughs) He got a huge break, technically. Uh, He escaped cancel culture probably quicker than anybody has since cancel culture became a thing. And in case you missed this, he stupidly told an Axios reporter, a female, that it, it was a joke. He said, I don't hit women, but if I did, I would hit you. And it was a joke in completely poor taste. It was inappropriate. She was upset about it. And took to Twitter. Charles came out and apologized. She wouldn't accept his apology and went on making a statement uh, on her social media about it and used it as a platform. Well, then people started digging up her old tweets, as people love to do when somebody gets famous, and found a bunch of offensive, uh, racially charged tweets toward her. So Charles came out of this with, well, and it helps with (laughs) Miles Garrett accusing Mason Rudolph of being a racist on the same day. That helps. Uh, Charles came out of this with kind of a cool seat. Now, I wouldn't say it's a cold seat, but uh, it's not as hot as it should be. Charles Barkley has been saying dumb stuff for decades <laughs> and somehow manages to not have anything serious happen no. to me. He's managed to get a job at TNT <laughs> by being odd and saying dumb stuff. And uh, it's like he's... Almost untouchable. He'd have, he'd have, at this point, I feel like he'd have to say like something extremely offensive on the air to finally <laughs> lose his job. I wanted to ask you, at least talk to you about it, 
because this week Mike Babcock was fired by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who would have thought that he would be the first coach fired this year? Not John Hines, not Bruce Boudreau, who one week until not Thanksgiving. Not Jeff Blasio. Not Jeff Blasio. <laughs> Boudreau still has a job six days until Thanksgiving. Yeah, my prediction he'd be gone by Thanksgiving is starting to go by the wayside. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really frustrated with that. Come on. When I make a prediction, it needs to happen. Come on, Bill Guerin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what's you, you, don't wait so long. You know, the team doesn't like him. They don't want him there. The fans don't want him there. Like, figure it out. They fire a general manager after one season. They fire Paul Fenton, thinking that'll do the trick. It didn't. No. <laughs> as long as Boudreaux's still in Minnesota. Exactly. Fix the problem. I tell you what, though. The NHL's fun this time of the year. Uh, and it's not even the postseason yet. But the Islanders are actually looking like a team that... I don't want to say they're the favorites, but they look pretty darn good right now. Weirdly enough, last uh, we thought I thought they would take a step back this year. Yeah. I mean, they were they looked good in the postseason, then they got steamrolled and got swept in the second round. And just uh, how did you play so well, and then mm-hmm. how did you play so bad? It was kind of mind boggling. And then now they've caught fire again. It's it's weird. Because it's like it's Long Island's team, even though they don't entirely play in Long Island. It's uh, but good for them. I, I, I've always liked the Islanders. Imagine if they still had Tavares. Yeah. How good this team would be. It, this team would be significantly better if they had him. But oh well. Then it, again, they could still have like Doug Waite or whoever yeah. they used to have as head coach. Exactly. Or they could still be playing a bunch of money to Rick DiPietro. <laughs> and one of the worst contracts I think I've ever seen. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. I tell you what, though, Damian Woody here at ESPN became an Islanders fan this week because he was watching the Jets play, and they, you know, they were his old team. He played with them and the Patriots, and he tweeted about how, man, New York teams just suck. Like, we have two... Other of, than the Yankees. Other than the Yankees, you know, we have, like, two New York teams in almost every major league, and none of them are good except the Yankees. And then all these Islanders fans are tweeting at him. They're like, dude, we're on like a 14-game point streak. And now he's an Islanders fan. He went on Golik and Wingo earlier today, and he announced his fandom for the Islanders. Did, did he but go out and buy a jersey? And, he should. Yeah. I mean... That'd be a big jersey. I just... I, I, I don't understand the Islanders jersey i feel like they should go back to the fisherman oh, yeah. i love the Those fisherman jersey they were great because it was islanders you just basically threw out long island on a logo mm-hmm. is what you did with their logo they have right now on their glory years i mean they had it for like one or two seasons they had the the fisherman and i, I love that thing and hopefully they'll bring it back there are so many teams that need to go back to their old jerseys yeah. nhl has the best throwback jerseys very, i don't care what anybody says very much so and it's like you wonder why they changed. It's like, oh, by changing our image, we'll change our fortunes. And sometimes it works. A lot of times it doesn't. Uh, the Kings turned theirs around when they mm-hmm. went back to black. Yep. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's like, have the Panthers really become better since they adopted the soccer yeah, style logo? Yeah, it looks logo? like a soccer badge. Yeah. It's like, no, it looks it looks bad, and they haven't really gotten better. They, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals with the Leaping Panther. Yes. And now... They haven't really done a whole lot. So. What about the uh, the Ranger Statue of Liberty jerseys? I I kind of mixed feelings about those. Yeah. At uh, just because you know the Rangers have been so iconic for so long. I wouldn't make them a primary. No, no. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. For an alternate, they're not bad. Uh, um, 
I know Chicago. Does Chicago have an alternate? I think they have black I, jerseys. I almost wore it today. Oh, I good. have a black Chicago alternate oh, yeah. jersey. I almost wore it today. Okay. Instead, I went with the throwback uh, coyote. throwback coyote was. Which they do need to bring. And they do as an alternate. Yeah. I, I, I've i always liked that yeah. one. I um, Boston has... Boston's kind of hit or miss. They, yeah. um, that giant bear one, I was never a fan no, of. They're too iconic. No, no. And, uh, you know, Montreal... They have don't they have like a blue one or something Kinda. like that? Yeah. So like the major, the original six, you don't really want to mess with their jerseys mm-hmm. too much because they're so famous. Um, but the Leafs have been interesting because they went from the one where it really looks like a leaf to a kind of like a standard like stock photo leaf, mm-hmm. and then back to the nostalgic true maple leaf. It was it's kind of weird how they've done it, but I like them. Uh, but yeah, there's some that have just phenomenal, you know, al- alternates or great retro jerseys, and uh, they should go back to those. I'm thinking of a few others. Do you like the the new Hurricanes jerseys, or do you like the actual Hurricane on it? Better? I like the Hurricane on yeah. it. I like those better. I don't. Um, what was the one? How about the Blues ones that they busted oh, out last night? Nice. Yeah, those were the nice. ni- the 1990s Blues jerseys, mm-hmm. the Wayne Gretzky jerseys, <laughs> as I like to call them. Um, those are sharp. I don't. Hmm, I'm trying to think. I liked. What do you think of the caps when they had the eagle? I liked them. I liked them I too. I did like them. I like what they have now, though. It's yeah. not like I prefer one over the other, but I did like the old style. I like uh, I like those. I like um, who's the other ones? Uh, what do you think of Pittsburgh's? That's the thing is the Penguins. I'm kind of in that same boat because I love the old style where they've got the diagonal Pittsburgh across the sweater, the yeah. Lemieux era jerseys. I have one of those. But I like their new logo, too. You know, I don't think they can go wrong with their jersey, even if they brought back the baby blues. I like those I two. love the baby blues. I know. There's, they can't do wrong with any of those jerseys. Yeah, Pittsburgh's got some great ones. I've always loved the skating penguin. Yes. It's, it's, like my, it's like one of my all-time favorite logos. I love their baby blue jerseys. I wish they'd wear them more often. Mm-hmm. They don't even sell them anymore because <laughs> uh, they're really not emphasizing it because they're so wildly popular. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we don't want our third jersey to be our most popular one. Yet more and more teams... Their third jerseys are pop. And oh, you yeah. can look you can look at Northern. When Northern busted out yes. their gold ones, they're wildly popular. Mm-hmm. And it's just like as soon as they came out, I got fans telling me on Twitter how much they love them and how people go out and buy them. It's like when teams come up with a third jersey, that's the one people tend to buy and it's like you want to emphasize that a little more. Um I like the Sabres B- Royal blue, mm-hmm. rather than their navy blue ones. I like. You remember when they were black and red? Yeah, that series. Was, <laughs> um, where, well, one where they actually had straight up sabers. It was mm-hmm. actually two swords in the front, mm-hmm. which probably made a little more sense because that's what they're right. called. But uh, and then they had the angry buffalo, and then they had the buffalo slug. Where it was like hunched over kind of a thing. I kind of liked the Angry Buffalo logo. I didn't really love the color scheme. Yeah, that was my brother's favorite logo. He loved, he loved the Angry Buffalo. Um, and then the Lightnings have always been pretty consistent. Yep. I like that they're with blue rather than black. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas, I like Dallas's jerseys now. The green looks really sharp. Yeah. They modeled them after North Dakota's. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see. Colorado had some good throwbacks. Colorado has some good throwbacks. Their weird one where they had, it was like the A that was mm-hmm. like, that one was kind of bizarre. And then what did, 
what did some guy tweet that I retweeted? He said like, Evelyn, Colorado's is bizarre, but uh, then uh, some guy goes, "How about the Kings? We're gonna we're gonna do the same thing with a splash of cocaine." <laughs> 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 I mean, it's like we're gonna take yours and we're gonna like explode it and make it even more insane. Nothing will ever beat the Hartford Whalers, though. That is my favorite all-time uh, logo. There's I see Whalers jerseys at every game. Oh, I've got a Whalers jersey. I, I love that logo, especially the green ones. Yes. They're so great. And uh, I, um, and then the Hurricanes have to once a year wear their Whaler jerseys. I, I, I like that. I do like that just because I like those jerseys. Mine's blue. I got the navy one because my favorite logo is the logo with the green in it. So I chose blue jersey, green logo instead of green jersey, blue logo. Okay. But it's Ron Francis, so. Yeah. Sault Ste. Marie's Ron Francis. Sault Ste. Marie's Ron Francis. <laughs> yeah. Former I, Pittsburgh Penguins yeah, captain. Yeah. Former Canes GM, Ron Francis. <laughs> former Canes <laughs> And now Seattle GM. Yeah. He's a, uh, I love the Whalers. Uh, if I find a green one that's cheap, because here's the thing. Hockey jerseys aren't cheap. No. If you were to, they're probably the most expensive jerseys you can find. Mm-hmm. Even baseball ones aren't cheap. No. Uh, so if if you're going to go all in and buy a hockey jersey, you want to pick like a really nice one. There's some guys I know who have like 50 jerseys, and it's like, how do you pick one to wear each night? It just, uh, and and then if you have that many, people start looking at you weird. Oh, like, I'm a jersey collector. I don't care if people uh, yeah, look at me weird. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I love, I, I used to have a big collection, um, especially as, when I was a kid, but then I outgrew them, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't have them anymore. I wish I still had my reversible Grant Hill Pistons Ooh. jersey. I loved that thing. Probably one of my favorite things I've had growing up because it was just so sharp. And I, had I a great Hill Pistons jersey yeah. as a kid. Yeah, I wonder I, if every kid did. To be honest, I wish that the NBA still did the reversible yeah. jerseys because it's like they were so popular because it's like you'd wear the teal one and be like no i want to wear the white one now you have to do is turn it inside out you don't have to go buy a separate jersey no. and i bet that's why they did oh, it. I'm sure it is. yeah so but uh, i feel like marketing departments take the fun out of a lot oh, of sure things they do because yeah. they just want money yeah well you know we got something great now let's take that away and do something <laughs> dumb and uh i don't know I could do an entire segment on much I don't like marketing department. Let's rebrand just so we can sell new merchandise. Yeah. When I was in the USHL, there was a team that you know and that they've since folded, I think, or they're suspended operations. They had what I thought was the best color scheme in the league because it was navy and lime green. It looked really cool, and their logo was a train. So you have like a a neon green, a lime train on a navy jersey. It was awesome, and they decided to rebrand to Red, White, and Baby Blue and change their name, uh, change their city name, even though they weren't even leaving the building. <laughs> just, uh, you know, this is my suspicion, just so they could make fans buy yeah. all new merchandise. That's really the only reason Didn't why you did happen. Who Do you remember which one it was? It was the Bloomington Thunder. They rebranded to the Central Illinois Flying Aces. Come on. The, the nickname was terrible, too. The <laughs> jerseys were terrible. I mean, red, white, and baby blue. I mean, it's just, it's kind of boring. Okay, if you're going to, like, add a third jersey, yeah. don't, like, don't, like, completely change everything, because mm-hmm. it's like, who's going to want to embrace that? That's yeah. what people connect to. You don't just, 
overhaul it. And rarely does that work out where fans are like, I like this. <laughs> it's always like, why did you do that? And then they go back to what they originally had because they realize they were dumb. And it's like... I want to know who has a marketing degree who thinks this is really popular. I'm going to completely get rid of that. That's my idea. And somehow manage to keep their job. It's bizarre. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any of today's show, get caught up on demand. Check out the Sports Pen podcast. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore or Google Play or check out ESPNUP.com. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you as we wind down the day here this Friday afternoon. We end the week the way we always do with the Friday funnies. What do you got, Ryan? Um, I got some good ones. Did you hear about the uh, Michael Jordan check thing? Yes. 35 years ago, Michael Jordan tried to hustle people for pool at North, <laughs> at North Carolina. Um, he got called out by it, apparently, and he lost a couple games, so he left and was paid $5 left of his winnings because he got so frustrated with it. <laughs> the check is actually endorsed by Mike Jordan, and it is his actual legit signature. The guy's held on to this check for 35 years and now has been up for option. It opened at $1,000 as of Tuesday. It's at $1,200. It closes December 7th. So if you want a guy's check that he gave at one point to Michael Jordan that is signed, you'll probably have to pay a little more than $1,000. Pay Mike Jordan. Mike Jordan. That's what he went by apparently in college. So Mike Jordan. There you go. Um, let's see. So former NHLer Paul Brissonnette oh, got a trial that. with a lacrosse team by talking trash online. He, nasty. He tweeted out that he could walk onto a lacrosse team without playing a game. The Vancouver Warriors took the bait and managed. now he managed to get a tryout. Head coach Chris Gill said, Paul talks a pretty big game on Twitter. Let's see if he can back it up and actually make the team. So he got a tryout for a lacrosse team simply by talking trash online. <laughs> so in like 2013, his Twitter got suspended, so then he had to make a new one. Yeah. Because he's such a big trash talker. Yeah. Now he's back as Biz Nasty 2.0. Biz Nasty 2.0. <laughs> and uh, now has a lacrosse tryout. So... Um, you heard about the Leafs guy. Oh, the yeah. Leafs fan, that's been all over the oh, place. Yeah, that was against Pittsburgh. I, I, I love that clip so much because it's like what your life on Instagram is or on social media to what life is in reality. Because <laughs> it's like he is. He's smiling with his sister. And then this game sucks. <laughs> My team's getting blown out. It was like a brief flash of happiness and then back to reality. That it was, was like, was that the game that Mike Babcock got fired or at least it sealed his fate? I think that pretty that much was. Been. Yeah. But, uh, well, the Chiefs did that with the Chargers during the game. They put Chargers lo logos on the Leafs' head, and, and, then when, and then it was like what Chargers fans are really thinking. And it's like, yeah, pretty much. That's about right. Yeah, Leafs fans, Chargers fans, yeah. they can probably sympathize with each other. Um, if there's one thing I love about New York media is they can have the craziest headlines and basically mock whoever they want. <laughs> well, Jacoby Ellsbury um, was uh, outright outright released from the Yankees, even though he's owed more than $26 million. An awful contract. And uh, 
then they had some, and New York media loves to have fun with headlines. So, the New York Post tweeted, uh, their headline was, worst $153 million ever spent. <laughs> and then the Daily News, which typically has the best ones, um, when he got signed, he was called the Ellsbury Doughboy. Now he's been released, he's the Ellsbury Doughboy. <laughs> I thought that was great. I love cle- I, I love he- I love clever headlines. So as a newspaper guy, I had to drop that one in there. Um, let's see, we got Saskatchewan lost their playoff game mm. after their last second pass went off the crossbar. Mm. If there's for people who know in the CFL, the uprights are at the front of the end zone instead of the back of the end zone. So when a, a pass gets deflected off the post, it's automatically a dead ball. Even if the Saskatchewan guy caught it, it would still be incomplete. So they drive down, have kind of like a miracle play to get them into the zone. They're down by four seconds left. They try a touchdown pass. It doinks off the crossbar, and that's how the game ends. That rule should change, but leave the crossbar there. Leave the crossbar because it makes it original. But it's like if a guy catches it, yeah, it should st- it. yeah, it, 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 it should be uh, it should be in play there. Great cup this weekend, Marcus Tucker with a shot. He is. He's got a shot. I I'm hoping he gets it. That would be a great thing for NMU. Um, how bad are things for the Redskins right now? Mm, pretty bad. Their tickets are yeah, fifteen ninety nine for lower bowl tickets. Some guy was selling lower bowl seats for sixteen dollars on on StubHub. The lowest price, I think this is just standing room for the Lions game this weekend. The Lions-Redskins was 4 bucks. Wow. How about that for a pro sports game? Jeff Driscoll against the Redskins. <sighs> the fighting Dan Snyder racial slurs. <laughs> That's actually a good way to put it. <laughs> um, of course, we'll end it with the uh, North Dakota hockey player. You mentioned earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. But for those who didn't hear, um, North Dakota defenseman, Josh Rieger was eating a pound of wings when he found out he was playing that <laughs> night. Um, there's healthy scratches. He was one of the guys. He and his teammate, well, they weren't going to play. So instead of immediately going to the morning, the uh, afternoon skate and warm-ups, they decided to go get some food and then make their way to the arena. Well, he found out that the guy who was playing for him had the flu and couldn't play. So the team is frantically calling him. They can't reach him because he's eating wings. They call his teammate who's there. They can't reach him. Finally, they get him via FaceTime and say, you need to play tonight. So he frantically orders an Uber (laughs) in Denver, leaves the waitress a huge tip because he couldn't wait to get changed. So she ended up getting a huge tip out of the deal simply because he couldn't wait. And then he said, I got back to the arena, and when I got there, I was doing a full sprint and basically undoing his tie as he got into the locker room, which he said, I'm sure that was a sight to see. And he ended up scoring his first goal, and it ended up being the game winner for North Dakota that night. (laughs) Eating a pound of buffalo wings before the game and ended up having to skate in and scores the winning goal and they asked him if he's going to eat wings before and he said every time I go to Denver he goes I'm going to see if they deliver (laughs) (laughs) that guy's a legend yeah so so proud of him I mean what a way to step in when the time gets tough (laughs) after eating wings and on a side note Kirk Cousins celebrated by going to Outback yes he did is that the most Kirk Cousins thing ever (laughs) 
Guy gets made millions of dollars, and rather going to a fancy place, he goes and gets a blooming onion. What's blooming onion? <laughs> I, 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 what would you celebrate if you got a great game? If I had a great game that I could pick any restaurant, um, where would I go? That's a good one. That's, There's that's another funny. segment for that. Another segment like, to put a pin uh, exactly. With that, we're out of time. You and I both have the Spear Dome to get to tonight for different reasons. i got a broadcast coming up tomorrow. You've got football tonight, Iron Mountain and Puimo Westphalia, and then uh, hockey tomorrow. Hockey tomorrow and the eight-man playoff games covering yeah, them both. Right. Yeah, see so, you there. Yeah, I will be living on the North, on the UNME <laughs> campus for the next 24 hours. So what do we expect out of the Mining Journal here in the coming weeks? Well, uh, you're going to get my... Recap. Well, you won't get it because I'm writing for a different paper, but for tonight's game. But Saturday, for Monday's paper, you'll get both eight-player games, and you'll get my NMU Tech Hockey recap, and you'll get my column where I talk about relationships with coaches and how mm. comparing them to like everyday relationships. I think people find it fun. All right. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. That's it for us. Appreciate you being on with us. I'm back on Monday, same time and place, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. It's my hope you join me. Until then, have a great weekend on ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.